There are a few times in sacred scripture that our Lord says, for those who have ears to hear, let them hear. For those who have eyes to see, let them see. And I feel like that kind of happens in day-to-day life pretty frequently, where he reveals things to us in just the day-to-day unfolding of things in our lives, and especially through what little guys say. I mean, I'm blessed to get to be around the school, to be the nephew of many nieces and nephews, and sometimes the things that they say kind of unveil like just the beauty of what's going on around us, and sometimes it's just darn funny the way that they put things. So I was blessed this past week to get to go up to the Midwest for a couple of days to visit my family. And one of those such occasions where you get a little phrase that I love, I'm getting ready for Mass, and my four-year-old nephew, John Peter, said, Uncle Johnny, why are you wearing that dress? I'm like, well, John Peter, it's not actually a dress. I mean, what this is, is it's called a chasuble, and it represents the love of Christ that covers over everything. And he was very moved, and no, he wasn't, he's four. He was like, oh, okay, it's a dress, that's great. But I mean, so it was, you know, a nice thing that I could show him. And then, you know, there's another time I remember... One of my favorite classics was I was walking down the hallway in the school, and I think he was in kindergarten at the time. A little guy goes, Father John, you smell like baby Jesus smoke. Thank you. And I really think we need to market that scent because I think it would go over very well, right? I think one of my all-time favorites, though, that I've ever gotten that I think really applies for today was there was one time, and I forget what grade the little guy was in, but was asking me a question about the Mass. And he said, why is it that every time you come into the church and then when you leave the church, why do you bang your head on the altar? It's like, well, it's a good question. And I said, actually, believe it or not, I'm not banging my head on the altar. What I'm doing is I'm reverencing it. Okay, and what does reverencing mean? Basically, I'm kissing the altar on my way in, on my way out. And why do I do that? Well, if you look at the altar right here, this is where heaven and earth meet where they come together every single day. You know, we have the gifts brought up, bread and wine, and I have this awesome privilege of a priest of getting to say those beautiful words of consecration, Jesus' words from the Last Supper, over that bread and wine, and they become Him, and He gives us Himself. And at the communion rail, once again, heaven and earth meet, and we get to come and be with Him. We get to come and adore Him. And I bring that one up in particular because... I think this Feast of the Holy Family is one of those great ones where we get to celebrate where heaven and earth come together. I mean, of course, we get different Gospels every year on this particular feast, and it's one of those during the Christmas season. You know, we get like either the Gospel we get today of the presentation or like the the losing of Jesus in the temple for three days and then finding him. At that point, he's 12. And just these little snippets from the life of Christ before his public ministry. But I think the fascinating thing about this with heaven and earth coming together is you get both the fact of here's Mary and Joseph, right, in the presentation. Like they are, she's the mother of God. Joseph is the foster father of God, of Jesus Christ. And notice what they do. They follow the prescriptions of the dictate of the law of the Lord. They're not like, look at me, I'm the queen of the universe. I'll just sit this one out. No. They do what they're supposed to do. 40 days after the birth of Christ, we'll be celebrating the presentation again on February 2nd. That's when you eventually need to take your Christmas decorations down. Keep them up till then, though. It's awesome. But, like the presentation, right, 40 days after his birth, 
They go and do what good Jewish parents do. They take their newborn son to the temple. And the thing is, you think about the heaven breaking in. There's a reason why we had these dictates of the law of the Lord, why we have the prescripts of the church, why we have an obligation to come to Mass on Sunday. Why? We need to recognize the heavenly breaking in to our day-to-day lives, to remember the fact that, yes, we do live in a dark and fallen world, but the light of God breaks into that. we got to stop and recognize the heavenly coming down and being with us. And we're given these awesome prescripts to make sure that that happens. You know, like bringing your child to the church to have him baptized. That he becomes a part of the body of Christ. I mean, it's, it's his new birth. Um, as we just heard in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, he has come to give us second birth. They're awesome things. And just like Mary and Joseph brought their son to the temple, we got to bring our kids too. And bring them every Sunday and pray with them all the time because the heavenly is breaking in. But the other thing about the Feast of the, heaven, of the Holy Family is we also get the earthly. And the earthly is so much more important than I think we often give it credit for. Like I said, we get a couple of snippets of the life of Christ. Next week, we'll get the visit of the Magi, because it'll be the Epiphany. So it's like, obviously, we're going a little, bit out, a little bit out of sequential order. It's fine. But, you know, we get that next week. We get this gospel here, the presentation. And then, remember, this is 40 days after he's born. And then we wait for 12 more years to hear anything else about him. And that's when he gets lost in the temple for three days. Then we hear that he goes home with Mary and Joseph, grows in wisdom, he's obedient to them, and then radio silence for 18 years until he comes back on the scene at his baptism at 30 years old. And remember this, Jesus dies on the cross at 33 So basically, the first 30 years, we get a couple of little snippets, but it's mostly quiet. It's mostly what? Day-to-day life at home with Mary and Joseph. Jesus, in becoming one of us, in becoming incarnate, it's not like, boom, here's redemption, goodbye everybody. No, he lives a life at home with his mother and his father for a certain amount of time. We know from tradition that Joseph passes away somewhere in those 30 years. Don't know exactly when, but the fact we know that for sure, he's not at the foot of the cross. And any loving dad is going to be there with his son going through something like that, right? That even today in the presentation, hearing what's going to happen to his wife, that has to be a sword in his heart too. But look at this. Jesus is at home with them. And God himself decides that home life is that important. And I think it's a good symbol for us on this feast day as well, that our day-to-day life is so important. Even if it's humble, even if like amazing things aren't happening, but look at this, 30 years of Jesus's life, only a couple of things are given to us like this. So what do we do in response to this? I think it's important that we always welcome Mary and Joseph and Jesus into our daily lives to make sure that we're remembering that the heavenly has come to meet the earthly and the earthly is important. To make sure that there are reminders up at home that, hey, our Lord is with us. You know, the crucifix. Even having a nativity scene up all year long. That's what I do because I love it and I'm not going to take my Christmas decorations down on February 2nd. It's just the way it is. That's why I don't do a live tree anymore. It eventually gets gross. But, like, having things up that remind us that Christ has become one of us. You know, making sure 
that your day-to-day duties, tasks, can you bring Jesus, Mary, and Joseph into all those? Inviting them into everything and showing the little guys that this is possible. That, hey, to spend some time praying, giving thanks, growing in wisdom, they're all good things. I'll tell you, my favorite Christmas present that I've gotten this year was on Friday. My sister-in-law, Krista, had a wonderful idea. So for the nine nieces and nephews, ranging from one years, one year old to 12, she got packs for them to make rosaries, okay? And so they made rosaries and she asked, is it okay if you bless them? I'm like, of course it's okay if I bless them. That's amazing. And then we prayed the rosary together. Now I just have to say as an aside, like my family, like we're not like the Von Trapps, right? It's not like everything is perfect all the time and we run from the Nazis. It's not just that. Like we, we are a normal family. There were tears, there was fighting this week. But nevertheless, we all stopped for a little while on Friday. They made rosaries and we prayed the rosary. Now I'll tell you, the littles, the one-year-old, the two-year-old, and the four-year-old, I think they lost interest after about half a Hail Mary. But you know what? They started. They were there. There were some little sounds along the way. I mean, we didn't record it to have it broadcast on EWTN every day. But you know what? It was the best gift of all. Why? We're bringing the Holy Family into what we do. We're able to pray and see the heavenly break in. And the way I look at this is the one who said, let the children come to me is not going to be upset if the rosary is not perfectly quiet, right? We can't fall into the trap of letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. That ultimately our Lord, by the way he spends the majority of his earthly life in day-to-day living, right? Even as we see in this gospel, what happens at the end? When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. My friends, on this feast day, we recognize the fact that, yes, we've just gotten to celebrate the great, wonderful joy. I mean, the Super Bowl, the liturgical year, the nativity of our Lord. It's amazing. It's incredible. Angels singing in the field, wise men coming, all of this. But then they go home, right? And he lives his life. He wants to live his life with you. Wants to be with you as you live your life and things gradually unfold. As you grow in wisdom and strength and all of these things, our Lord wants to be there with us. As I said, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Invite them into everything. Remember that the heavenly wants to be a part of the earthly. And that is something very much worth reverencing. Praise be Jesus Christ.